0: This is the WorkSmart Hypnosis Podcast, session number 365, Laughter for Hypnotic Change. Welcome to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast with Jason Lynette, your professional resource for hypnosis training and outstanding business success. Here's your host, Jason Lynette. You know, a funny thing happened on the way to the hypnosis office. Ba-dum-bum. Hey, welcome back, everybody. It's Jason Lynette. And once again, a solo episode this week, sharing some insights. And I'll tell you where this episode theme came from. There's a much longer presentation I did a couple of weeks back at the ICBCH Winter Hypno Conference that we hosted here in Orlando, Florida. And I talked about just this one little riff on the power of laughter, the power of humor, which, yes, this may dip into the themes of what often is expressed with things like laughter yoga or people who have come onto the program and talked about the importance of humor. I wanted to do a solo episode this week talking about the power of laughter, the power of humor, the way that I see it. So I'm going to share a few examples along the way, some rather appropriate to classic change, some a bit Inappropriate as well. So buckle up. This may get a little interesting. And I'd say that if you want more like this, check out our upcoming event, worksmarthypnosislive.com. This is our hybrid live online hypnosis training. We get students in the class from all around the world. And I'd encourage you Head over to worksmarthypnosislive.com and be sure to watch the entire video tour at the top of that page. You'll see exactly how we do this as a hybrid online live event and have found the way to provide a much better experience by combining digital instruction along with live training with real-time interaction. Simply put, if you're still struggling with online hypnosis, it kind of just makes sense to do hypnosis training online and get the hands-on interactive practice in that format, plus some outstanding techniques based upon research, evidence-based change, and hypnotic phenomenon. And hey, we laugh a lot. So check that out, worksmarthypnosislive.com. And here we go, session number 365, Laughter for Hypnotic Change. I'm going to do my best to keep this episode clean. I'm sorry for that. (laughs) No, it's because There's a catchphrase that happens in the work that I do with my clients, which is that as soon as they use the salty talk, as soon as they use some bit of colorful language, I smile really big like an eight-year-old who suddenly heard the dirty word and go, oh, good, now that you use that word, I get to use it as well. So this is, in my mind, becoming the chameleon matching up to their model of the world, I will tell you. Here was the 75-year-old grandmother who came in to quit smoking, and even I was uncomfortable with the amount of profanity we were using in that room. Though it's, again, their model of the world, their perspective of how they communicate, and I think it was, yeah, it was the late, great Ted Robinson. Ted was actually a preacher, and even I heard him say, Many of us have a hard time processing true emotion without profanity. And from a man who put on a collar, that made it, made it even better. So let's get into the details of this from a higher perspective first. Laughter is dissociative. And the moment you laugh at something, laughter often comes from looking at it in a different way. And one of the simplest examples of this it would be like looking at the sort of category of observational humor. There are people who don't really even tell jokes. In fact, most comedians don't tell jokes. The majority of comedians now are telling stories with some funny moments inside of it or calling out things that you haven't yet noticed. I'm going to butcher this comedy routine now (laughs) because in one of his specials, Jerry Seinfeld has a whole thing about how we use different words for transportation. You take a taxi, You get on the train, you get in the car, but you call the Uber and it's funnier when he does it. Now, when he does that though, suddenly now he has created from our hypnotic standpoint, an anchor that anytime you use that language now, you're going to think back to him and that just increases his fame, which Jerry's doing all right and doesn't quite need our help. Yet that sort of brand of observational humor really begins to shift, which is now making me realize I have to now quote one of my favorite comedians emo phillips who i use this line all the time in my training events which is that i used to think the brain was the most intelligent organ in the body and then i realized who's telling me that this is the same comedian who by the way has the line well what they say that one man's trash is another man's treasure and one man's pet stained carpet is another person's organic twister game gone wrong Let's use the brain joke instead. (laughs) But what happens is suddenly you're looking at a situation in a way differently than you did before. And can you begin to see that's something that needs to happen inside of change? So one of the questions that I often ask to my clients comes about by way of a demonstration of this idea. So let's use stop smoking as an example. Up until now, whether you're a visual person or not, in your mind you've been representing this big impossible challenge as if like it's this wall in front of you or a mountain that can't be crossed. Though I'm curious to ask you what happens when we shrink this thing down so small and put it behind you? Simply put, what happens differently when this big impossible task becomes a simple step in a new direction to lead to something better? I think what I'm asking here is what's on the other side of this? How do you want to be feeling at that point where it's five years from now, and not that it took five years to quit smoking. No, that you've had five years of success, and this thing is so far behind you. What's that going to be like to think about making this decision today? And this is where I start laughing in my delivery, and they start laughing too, and what happens is they go... I'm going to laugh at myself because I realized how easy it was. Do you see what happened there? Hypnotic suggestions are not just words. they are thoughts, there's feelings, there's actions, there's experiences, there's emotions. And so because I was willing to go to a place of laughter, laughter is appropriately contagious and they begin to join me there as well. I'm going to censor the story as best as I possibly can. There was a man who I worked with to quit smoking. In the middle of the session, he burst out laughing and I tried to utilize it. That's right. As you feel that laughter rising, let that laughter begin to fade away. Realize it takes you even deeper. Nope. He's gone. So I tried to go all stage hypnosis on it. That's right. Let that laughter build. Let that laughter grow up stronger and stronger. Bring that laughter into the part of your mind that used to think this was impossible and realize you could look at it in an entirely different way. No, he's still laughing. And finally, I just go, hey, Frank, open your eyes. What's so funny? And to simplify the story... He's a guy who has purposefully decided to always be single, never wanted to get into a long-term committed relationship. And there's a certain product that women may need to purchase once a month. Yeah, that one, that he's never had to buy. I'm like, that's what everyone says. (laughs) No, wait, why is that helpful? Why is that funny? He goes, my biggest fear was how will I go to the gas station or the grocery store and not buy those and not buy cigarettes? And it just dawned on me: there's a whole library of stuff I've never purchased before. That laughter was the key to the change. He had built up this impossible challenge, and then on the other side of it was he had a skill set. He had the ability to not buy something. And, and so it's from that laughter I, I get into this now with my clients because. I get into the dialogue about how you can't shock me. I've seen enough clients over the years that I've heard a little bit of everything. Cause I'll tell you it's the oddly specific stories of success that are why I keep doing what I do. You know, uh, I will give full disclaimer, Don Motton uh, out of St. Louis has a similar story to this one, but then it happened to me. So now it's my story too. Damn it. Uh, which is that, you saved my life, but you also saved the life of my bird. Like, what do you mean by that? She goes, well, my bird had this chronic cough and we thought the bird had cancer. We took the bird to all sorts of veterinarians and spent all sorts of time, energy and money. And it's only two years after I quit smoking that I realized the bird wasn't coughing anymore. And at first the thought was, oh my God, I was killing my bird with secondhand smoke. And instead it was the bird was mimicking my cough because I wasn't coughing. The bird didn't have the need to repeat my noise. Bird was never sick. Bird was poking fun of me, perhaps. (laughs) Or the man who starts making the gesture, he's seeing me for weight loss and is talking about how he is fascinated in the shower, feeling his body, get those images out of your head, feeling up his body, and he says to me, I'm so amazed that my man boobs are gone. Do you hear that often? And I have to go, no, (laughs) but congratulations, you're doing great. It's the oddly specific feedback, the number of stop smoking or cut back and drinking clients who have sent me relatively detailed emails that the morning bowel movement has gone better. It's the oddly specific feedback that keeps me going. And, you know, that's the stuff that, you know, just dominoes the bigger results over time. What have I done there? I have brought their attention to the micro changes out of the binary it worked or it didn't work conversation. And because I deliver that in a place of just nerdy delight is the dialogue in my brain when I launch into that. I am channeling my best Steve Jobs showing the newest features on the iPhone in his presentations when the man was alive, that he is so excited to bring you into this world. And I'm channeling that in that moment. And I'm getting them laughing, but I'm getting them now to sort for the micro changes that now, as I say, domino into the big ones. So basically put, if you can get your client laughing about their problem, and I talk about this sometimes as I want to get a baseline, because if I get you laughing during the intake, the change is already in motion. And also too, when it's time to test my work conversationally after the process, I'm seeing the same emotion I want to see when I'm kind of Asking you to bring up the old feeling, asking you to bring up the old fear. And instead, I'm getting that laughter response. We have now imprinted the new positive emotion over the old one. Because laughter is dissociative. Why did the chicken cross the road? To get to the other side. And no, it's not funny anymore. Yet, suddenly the criteria changes at the end of the joke. Why was six afraid of seven? Well, because seven, eight, nine. Uh-huh. Because you hear it's the, let's go hypnotic language on this, it's the syntactual ambiguity. It's the phonological ambiguity. Okay, no, it's just a silly kid's joke. Yet it's suddenly now the criteria has changed and you hear it differently. Forgive me now for this slightly crass, but really not crass, joke. My friends, what do you do to an elephant with three balls? You walk him and pitch to the rhino. Okay. And by the way, jokes and humor are even funnier when you stop and explain them because up until the beginning of it, you thought it was a rhino with a rhinoceros with some sort of physical abnormality. And no, it's a bunch of animals playing baseball. That's always, always clearly what I meant, you filthy person, you. Not that I would ever tell these jokes, of course, inside of a session, though there might be an opportunity to do so. It's instead, look at what happens when laughter occurs. They're looking at the situation in a very different way. And take note, I, I said just now, I'm not telling jokes like this inside of a session. I'm using these silly little jokes as an illustration of the point, because this is where even Tracy Kanan, who was on the program recently talking about her approach to laughter, which, by the way, Tracy's doing a conference uh, one-day workshop at thoughts Live this year, take it. It is amazing. I've seen the work that she does about how you don't have to be the comedian, you don't have to be the comedy writer. Yet the principles of comedy writing can be lifted up and brought into your hypnotic change work. I actually hosted a uh, one-day training with her online a couple of uh, months ago, and just the people raved about what she shared. So check that out. She does some incredible, incredible stuff. And I share that because I agree with her that it's not the situation where you have to be the naturally funny person. Look at it again the gift of observational humor. You get on the train, you take the taxi, you call the Uber, you get in the car. Even back to, who was it? Uh, it was Gallagher who used to do a whole routine about how weird the English language is. Laughter. L- hey, it's the word we're using. Laughter. L-A-U-G-H-T-E-R. How do you spell daughter? It's not dafter, it's daughter. It's the same spelling though, (laughs) D-A-U-G-H-T-E-R. No wonder our language is kind of wacky. So looking at how we can have them observing their situation differently. And if there's one takeaway from this quick solo episode, it would be, utilize the question that I ask. Up until now, which there's a beautiful little embedded pattern, up until now, this has been this big impossible task in front of you. What happens when it becomes that tiny thing behind you That was just the first stepping stone to something bigger and better in such a way that you might even laugh at the fact that it used to be the challenge. I'll give you some of the nuances of this. That here's my guy who I worked with, and he's not the only one in the world, but there are several, who uh, he has a double doctorate in Russian literature, which he said was one step away from a multi-level marketing company selling skin creams, essential oils, or whatever else. like, what do you mean by that? He goes, well, it turns out when you have a double doctorate in Russian literature, the only job you can have is becoming a professor at a university teaching Russian literature from the textbook that you wrote, which is one step away. It was, there's a meme that was online about a friend of someone's got a doctorate in Egyptian history. And the only job he could get was teaching egyptian history at a university tell me how that's not a multi-level marketing pyramid scheme <laughs> so he's this guy who the whole thing was he's the expert in the room he wrote the freaking textbook he's in the expert role teaching the class everyone else are the undergrad students and as he put it why am i shaking like i'm back in my third grade math class so it's where as the process of hypnosis progressed the most helpful thing was getting him to laugh at the dynamic of the room so that now he could observe it as it actually was and not how he previously perceived it to be. Steal this next one the moment you have the client realizing they are physically as well as emotionally as well as just simply literally bigger than their habit. The piece of paper is just a piece the cigarette is just a piece of paper wrapped around a bunch of junk. Representing a chemical concoction that used to just be pure tobacco, uh, and now they can see it for what it is. It's the human body bigger than this little cardboard box filled with garbage they don't need anymore. The very idea that the food, the beverage, the substance, the fingernails could ever control them again let that just become so ridiculous that even if there was the slightest idea of engaging in that old useless, unnecessary pattern, catch yourself kind of laughing at yourself and realizing, oh yeah, I got this. This is going to be easy. You go first. And that's not joke telling. That's not observational humor. You get on the train, you take the taxi, you call you get the idea. It's no longer that. It's instead calling out the situational obviousness of the situation and letting that become a moment of change. There's a piece of language I usually get into, which this applies over to emotional change, as well as habitual change. And this may sound a little counterintuitive, yet right now, thank yourself for successfully fill in the blank issue all these years. Because we already talked about this. You wouldn't have done it if it hadn't have given you something. And that's where you can show yourself some gratitude right now because you can let today be a moment as if it was like a graduation. Kind of like you went to school for all those years to finally get the piece of paper to hang on the wall. And what that really meant was you didn't have to go back to that school ever again. You put in all that effort to get the learning, the lessons and the documentation so then you didn't have to go back. So let today be a moment of taking anything that has been valuable of having this experience for all these years and choosing what's good and worth holding on to, and letting the rest now be behind you where it belongs. And if there ever is, and listen to this pattern, I teach this in more detail in the Work Smart Hypnosis Live event far too often people, unfortunately, hypnotists often remind their clients of the problems they've already let go of. When you have a craving, do this. When you have the fear, do that. Listen to what's different here. Even if there is that slightest moment where some trace of that old useless feeling creeps in, I'm distancing and I'm dissociating and I'm bringing humor into it. So just a couple of quick thoughts here on laughter for hypnotic change. No, you don't have to tell jokes. No, you don't have to bring in silly time and twist animal balloons, though that sounds fun. It's instead, find those places to get your client laughing at how serious they used to perceive the issue to be, and by doing so now, you dissociate them even further from the old problem, and you help them create an even more fun solution. Jason Lennett here once again, and as always, thank you so much for leaving your reviews online, subscribing to this program, and joining us at events like WorkSmartHypnosisLive.com. And I will make a bold promise to you. The WorkSmartHypnosisLive.com event, which I now share the stage with Richard Nongard in the training of that, is an event that has two combined promises. And I'll call it out. No one else in the industry can make these two promises the way that, together, Richard and I can. It is at the same time the most laughter-filled hypnosis training event that combines research-based, hypnotic phenomenon-based, hypnotic change along with an appropriate amount of content of stories about dogs. Boom. Top that. Okay, yeah, he's got the golden doodles, I've got the corgi and the beagle uh, beagle mix. (laughs) Yet it's where laughter also helps us to absorb the information. Laughter make something lock into people's minds. It's how we hear something funny and we feel the need to tell the story. So simply put, the more you make use of these laughter principles in your sessions, your clients are gonna talk about their change. They're gonna remember it was you and not just any other hypnotist. That's gonna help you to grow your business. That's gonna help you to get even more clients. That's gonna help you to become even more successful. So this is also part of why when we do the training, half of the audience is brand new to hypnosis and the other half is looking to sharpen their skills and get more consistent results. So check it out. Watch the entire tour at the top of the page of WorkSmartHypnosisLive.com. And we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast at WorkSmartHypnosis.com.